0: welcome back guys it's your boys chris and tristan this is mountain meditations episode three first season what are we going to be talking about today tristan
1: We're going to be going over uh, one of the people who had a big impact in my life, especially my freshman year, who really influenced a lot of my principles and values, a Mr. Stephen Crowder of the talk show Louder with Crowder.
0: So some of you may have heard of him. I would hope so since you uh, clicked on this link because you saw his name. Um, Conservative, obviously. I think we can go ahead and get that out of the way. He has a podcast. Um, He's a Canadian-American. He's a really funny guy. I I would say that he identifies, he definitely identifies as a comedian.
1: Yeah, his gender is comedian. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about why Steven Crowder is so popular. Uh, Popular can be kind of a relative term, but I think that Steven Crowder is popular not only in a conservative sense but also in a broader sense i think a lot of people know who he is his youtube channel has a couple million subscribers and his videos tend to get a couple hundred thousand views uh he's got the mug club which i am a part of i have the mug i like the mug <laughs> well <laughs> made nice mug. i'd recommend it
0: yeah <laughs> um i'm a am sort of new to crowder as in i've been listening to him for the past four or five months and that was um under the direction of Tristan, actually, who, who told me to check him out. And so, what everyone usually starts with, I'd say, is the Change My Mind series, uh, which have gotten millions and millions of views on YouTube. Once again, we're talking about, you know, how popular YouTube is um, with right. young adults, and especially young males. Um, so, what the, what the Change My Mind series is, basically, if you don't know, Crowder sits down at a table um, in public, and has a statement that says something something and that says change my mind and then he has direct one-on-one conversations with whoever wants to come up and talk to him and it's a very simple very simple concept and it works very well i'd say <laughs>
1: it's definitely his most successful bit yeah. i remember when the first change my mind came out and i thought hey this is a pretty good idea i think it'll make a good video and i didn't really realize how big it will blow up to be because he's actually it became a meme, a yeah. big deal <laughs> meme, a meme that wasn't just used by conservative people. Right. And it was used for a lot of different things. It wasn't all about politics. Po- uh, Crowder is very engrossed in American politics. He's a first-generation Canadian citizen. He worked for Fox News for a time. But Change My Mind, was a it was a big thing. And it really, really propelled him even to even greater status of fame and, among certain people, infamy, infamy. Uh, and one of the biggest appeals to change my mind is that he does it on a college campus, right. and he uh, puts out a viewpoint that is typically just not very popular on college campuses. Yeah. For example, one of the uh, the most recent ones, which I personally disagreed with, was "rape culture does not exist." Change my mind. Mm-hmm. And I remember my freshman year of college, they the college administrators our orientation rape culture was a thing that was brought up a lot yeah. and they didn't have like a Q&A session about it. They didn't really entertain the idea that it wasn't real. They were dead set on that. So mm-hmm. I know, especially on colleges and especially with the people who work in colleges and go to colleges where there's so much, uh, so many bad stories surrounding sexual assault on campus right. that saying something like that, that's inflammatory. Definitely. That's going to get some eyes. That's going to get some ears. And if you look at the video, it got some tears.
0: Yeah, it was really hard to watch because he had a girl come up who was, well, she had been raped in the past. And um, so, the yeah, it was very emotional, very um, personal for her. And it was, I'd say it was a good discussion, but it wasn't good a good discussion because they came to a conclusion and were civil with each other. It was more that they were both uh, just, going at it at each other and i'd say more crowder was trying to defend himself than anything because she would you know attack him personally and you get the lot like sometimes they'll resort to personal attacks but that but that's part of his appeal i'd say is that he's inflammatory like he he does it specifically so that people i'd say so that he gets people mad and that's when you create this conflict and it can be You know, it can lead to some very scary situations, you know, very um, tense moments that you see on the show, but that's what makes it entertaining, and that's why most people would watch, I would say. I'd also say that the reason that I think that Change My Mind is so popular is because you don't get this many conservatives going out and speaking for themselves, because you have, especially on a college campus, you know, you mentioned this, um, very most of the time, a very liberal um, community, I would say, because you have, you know, these young adults, they haven't yet gone out into the uh, working world, you know, they've worked at, you know, Walmart and worked as a cashier at the local uh, cruisers, so they they haven't really experienced much of the world, and we find that um, as people get older, they do, in general, become more conservative, and so... The, a, a lot of the people on college campuses are liberal. And so to go into that sort of environment and to throw out your opinion and to say, hey, change my mind, talk to me, and especially such inflammatory opinions. And he, he makes these really bold statements, you know, that you have to, if you disagree with him, like you have to say something. And there are a lot of people that come up and actually make some very valid points, I would say. I, there were a lot that um, I found that, did, did very well in discussions with him and actually had some, like, oh, oh the one about, um, there are only two genders. I think this was the most popular one. This is the one that sort of made everyone pay attention to his show. Uh, there are only two genders, changed my mind. There was one woman who came on, um, identifies as a woman, uh, came on, and she was, I would say she was very respectful um, she, there was sort of some things that she brought up, like she would use the the phrase like my truth and things like that, like my facts. And that, that was sort of where he, I would say he got her. I don't, I don't know if I should use that, but he, he definitely got her in the discussion there because, um, you know, for, for her, it was like, Hey, this is what I believe. Like, I believe that there are more than two genders and, That's what the whole conversation ended up boiling down to, but they were so nice to each other and she like listened to him and he listened to her and it was just like, you know, that that's what conversation is all about and that's what debate should should be all about.
1: Yeah, and I think there is another thing. It's like you have that compounding factor where it's like he says something inflammatory, and people get mad, and then people pay attention to it. So he says another inflammatory thing, and then even more people get mad because even more people know about him, and then even more people pay attention. But he also has that capacity within him, him, like you were just mentioning. Mm -hmm. He can be a very respectful person. I think that he's a very uh, leading type. He's definitely – for lack of a better term, a very alpha male kind of person. Yeah, he he's a he's a leader. Uh, he has, stands by his principles very well, yeah. which I admire a lot. And he can be he's very respectful about them too. And he's not just he's he doesn't insult all of the time. Yeah, he especially when it comes down to debates. Because I know he said he was mentored on this kind of thing by Mister Andrew Breitbart, and apparently he was a really good mentor because you see crowder when he comes out of his entertainer comedian mode and -hmm. he tries to be and he really puts the effort into being more serious crowder is very respectful and he displays his points in such a way that makes sense and is also just like easy to follow yeah and that's another thing it's like he when he is in that comedian uh entertaining mode he is a pretty funny person Mm -hmm. he initially uh became familiar with stage presence as a stand-up comedian. He did stand-up comedy for a long time. He did a lot in uh, French Canada. Yeah. And if you watch his show, his show is, uh, it's not going to be as serious as like a, a very political podcast, like the the Andrew Clavin show, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be as serious as Ben Shapiro. He's an entertainer first, and he tries hard to like make his shows funny yeah. and make them watchable. And I think that's one of the biggest things. That one of the biggest reasons he's uh, so popular. Uh, one of the things that uh, somebody said is the, like, the biggest trap or the biggest fear of like a, a liberal is a likable and funny conservative, because conservatives <laughs> are stereotyped to be very, uh, uh, very uptight people, yeah. religious, dry. Uh, dry not yeah. humorous and just hate judgmental minorities <laughs> yeah and crowder crowder is very energetic mm-hmm. and he's young he's a first generation canadian immigrant so he has that background where he can say look i've been to the liberal paradise i've lived in the liberal paradise that is canada and it's not all it's cracked up to be mm-hmm. i think one of the biggest things that he did when he was first starting out he was on Han- sean hannity's show and he did an expose on Canada's healthcare system. He showed like how long the wait times were, yeah. how ineffective the treatments were and stuff like that. And Steven Crowder, he has that bravery to really go into the, go into the light, go into the dragon's nest, go into the lion's den and just show what it is. He's not honest person. He stands by his principles and he has the capacity to not always be the dry, stuck up conservative that people pertain him to be. Yeah, He's funny and he likes telling jokes He's loud and abrasive, and that makes people look at him. He, he's He grabs attention in a, in a way that's similar but not identical to Donald Trump. Donald Trump did it in a different way, but they had that same kind of uh, principle behind it. Be loud and abrasive, attract attention, and then let people see you when you're serious. Right. Let people see you when you're giving a good speech and sh- uh, showing your principles and your values because Stephen Crowder's a very principled person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't hop on the trump train like uh some conservatives did some conservatives did and he wasn't just a diehard never trumper right he talked about the good things about trump and he talked about the bad things
0: yeah and it's good to get that blend because we don't hear that a lot from people you know um this is a world where we have to sort of put people into categories immediately so it's like you know, you hear someone say something nice about Trump, then they're immediately on like the far right, and you know, like in your head. So it's a it's a very polarizing time, I'd say. And he he sort of, and he is a very polarizing person, I'd argue. Oh, so what you mentioned about Fox News, I want to talk about that because you said right. the reason that Fox News, uh, and this is relating to Crowder in that the reason that Fox News got so popular is because. It was surrounded by all of this liberal media, and yeah. we see in the media. Uh, like I, I found this one study, a survey in 2014. So this has been a while ago. It's probably changed, you know, since then. But yeah. um, it's it's very telling because it's a really extreme dichotomy between the two sides. You have seven percent of journalists that said they were Republicans, and this is from um, two professors of journalism at in Indiana uh, completed this study. And so, like, 7%, we, <laughs> I like, I'm astounded at that, and it's pretty crazy, but it's also not surprising at all, because when you think about it, how many conservatives do you know that, like, are going into journalism, um, you know, things that involve art or English, things like that? You don't get a lot of that, and believe me, I was in an art-related major at college. I know what, what I was surrounded by, and it was, you know, a lot of liberals, so... You have, you have Crowder who just jumped into the world where you have a lot of this liberal media online, like you mentioned, you know, like Reddit, uh, you have Facebook, things like BuzzFeed, all this stuff is um, pushing somewhat a liberal agenda, and then you have Steven Crowder. So uh, that, that helped him to like skyrocket to the top, is that he was, you know, and still is pretty different. Uh, amongst a sea of more uh, liberal-leaning ideas.
1: Right, and I think that kind of plays into like a kind of like a market analysis of it, because there aren't a lot of Republican journalists. There aren't a lot of Republican or conservative actors. There aren't a lot of Republican or conservative-focused movies. Mm-hmm. But Republicans and conservatives, we watch movies. Uh, we listen to shows. And when you think about it like that... You have all these Republican and conservative people that just don't have an avenue for their views to be expressed, and there's nothing really wrong with that, but everybody would like to believe that there's somebody out there that agrees with them, and they don't always want to be told that, like, you know, Republicans are bad, Republicans are evil, conservatives bad, evil, hate the poor, hate minorities, etc. And when you think about it like that, all the liberal factions, they have to really compete with each other. CNN has to compete with MSNBC, abc cbs espn yeah. recently who mm-hmm. does stephen crowder have to compete with well we can look at that it's like stephen crowder's most realistic competition is like the ben shapiro show uh the folks at the daily wire uh, yeah. and really nobody else the ruben the report ben shapiro- does
0: pretty well yeah, as well
1: the ruben report but the ben shapiro show and the andrew clavin show the michael J. knowles show Dave Rubin's show, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. They're podcasts and talk shows with conservative focuses. Not Dave Rubin's. He's more of a classical liberal. But Steven Crowder, he's a late night talk show host. Mm-hmm. His show is f- his show is supposed to be funny. And I think it, you, you, when you look at that as like a market analysis, yeah. he's hitting this market of conservatives who want to be entertained and want to laugh at the end of the day. Right. They don't want to be so engrossed by politics that they have to take it seriously all the time. Yeah. And he's really just cornering the market on that.
0: That's a good point. I, you know, now that I think about it, all of the, like... Because if you go back in the past, I used to watch the Johnny Carson show with my parents, you know, the... Um, you right, know, right, His late-night show. Um, even go back that far, hating on, like, Ronald Reagan, you know, like, obvious liberal uh, agenda pushing during that time. And so, I, what when we watch that kind of stuff, we would say to ourselves and to each other, we'd say, you know, nothing's really changed. Like, you turn on the TV, Stephen Colbert, you know, and then you yeah. have um, Jimmy Fallon, who recently apologized for having Donald Trump on his show and treating him like a human being.
1: Which um, is why. <laughs> which is really kind of crazy. I thought we were supposed to treat people like human no, beings.
0: No, 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 not conservatives. So, anyways... Oh, right. Uh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, And you know you have you have all that kind of stuff going on and we don't like you just said conservatives don't have a comedian because i think if we examine this as well if i had looked up the statistics beforehand uh we'd probably find that most comedians are not going to be conservative leaning and especially those that are going to be uh on tv you know like if you have like amy schumer for example which we won't talk about that but anyways like you have that's you another have, rabbit hole that yeah. we do not want to go down <laughs> you have those sort of uh comedians and i use the word you know lightly you have that kind of stuff going on <laughs> it's um, the only thing light about her <laughs> oh geez okay no <laughs> um you have that kind of stuff going on and you don't really have the the uh what's the opposite of uh stephen colbert um you know, what's the opposite of exactly. John Stewart back in the day? And, you know, Crowder actually cites John Stewart as somewhat of an inspiration for him. He says he he used to, you know, he thought John Stewart was really genuinely funny. Um, so did I. And then you have the people like John Oliver who, yeah, we're not talking about that either. And then yeah. recently you have Trevor Noah. And, you know, the more I say these names, the more you're realizing, hey, you know... <laughs> yeah john stewart was pretty great (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's not even it's like and who is competing with stephen crowder who's a conservative talk show host that's just like really coming up on stephen crowder that's what i'm saying i I can't think of any nobody unless you you think think stephen crowder is like worried about getting his slot taken no he's not no he's found that
0: like niche that he's fit right into
1: the closest thing that i can think of is like maybe some shows on fox news but they're it's tv versus youtube tv versus live streaming yeah it's just not the same he's Mm -hmm. cornered that market it's a monopoly steven crowder's the monopoly man (laughs) he's an immigrant coming to america taking our jobs.
0: (laughs) that's true i never thought of it that way i can't believe this
1: He's he's coming over here hawking cheap mugs and a sp- <laughs> with his smoking hot wife. <laughs> There's a lot to it. I think Stephen Crowder, uh, Stephen Crowder's like the cool pastor at church, right?
0: Yeah. Because like he's comparison. so much
1: different than every other conservative. Yeah. Ben Shapiro takes things so seriously, and sometimes that's just not... Fun Shapiro Crowder, can be
0: very abrasive, like <laughs> even, even his if voice. Watch, if,
1: sometimes listening to him is a little hard, yeah. You kind of have to rewind, maybe slow it down a little bit. <laughs> it's all right, have to bend over so you get really close to him down there. <laughs> and you and you saw that you can really see the dichotomy. Did you see uh, Ben Shapiro does a Sunday special with a guest? And he had Steven Crowder on. <laughs> yes. And Steven Crowder came in there, rocking some short shorts, legs <laughs> wide
0: open. <laughs> Shapiro was and very he, uncomfortable. <laughs> it was great. He also makes fun of his uh, Trump impression, which everyone should go look up Ben Shapiro's Trump impression because it's absolutely horrible, and I'm glad I mean, that Steven Crowder is making fun of it because it is, yeah. it is awful. It's, in, it's just like someone holding their nose, basically. Yeah.
1: Look, look, Ben, something needs to be done about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just bring in Alec Baldwin for this. Make sure he doesn't punch anybody on the way in.
0: <laughs> um. So, yeah, and appealing to younger generations is going to be, obviously, a big um boost in your internet popularity because you know the, let's be real the internet is controlled by the youngins you know like most young yep. people are going to be on the internet um much to my chagrin yeah i just yeah. cannot stand children <laughs> <laughs> and okay I,
1: anyway i think that i think that flows into something you were talking about right it's
0: generation z yes and like those notorious y- Zers. The, the I, Fortnite dancers, the Zoomers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, there was a study. I think this was actually. Yeah. It was two thousand adults. It was by the Guild, and it was on issues like gay marriage, um, marijuana legalization, transgender rights, uh, tattoos. I think even was brought up stuff like that. Like, um, so you had fifty nine percent of Gen Z respondents. They said that um, their views were more conservative and moderate. Uh, that's that's you know obviously more than that's a majority definitely. So uh, when we compare that to the past generations, we have millennials, Gen X. Millennials were um, the opposite of it was. who were quite liberal or very liberal on the same issues, and then for Gen X, it was 85% that were quite or very liberal on the exact same issues. So we compare, you know, let's do the math, uh, 17% um, conservative uh, uh, for millennials, and then you have 59% conservative for Gen Z what happened how did we get here like that is a huge increase i think there's
1: i think a a big big part of it is to the internet because when i i remember when i was growing up there was pretty much no way to like really digest any sort of conservative media that was not radio or fox news and everyone made fun of
0: those like you had rush limbaugh who was just like You know, and we still have Rush Limbaugh, but he's a very angry man. We have Fox News. Whenever anyone brings up Fox News, everyone's like, Like, even if you, even if you (laughs) cite a statistic that was mentioned on Fox News, you know, people be like, "Well, where'd you hear that?" And you're like, Fox News. They're like, Fox
1: News is just is just distrusted based on principle. Yeah, Yeah. and I understand that uh, Fox News isn't perfect, but if you really compare them to CNN, MSNBC, ABC, they're a lot better than them. They're not perfect they're,
0: they're better are, than them they are slightly more trustworthy than i'd cite cnn as which is one just of the worst really
1: not hard <laughs> but and, and it's like if you listen to fox news you might get roasted at school you yeah. might like people will legitimately i went to public school people legitimately got upset with you if mm-hmm. you were gung-ho for obama yeah if you I didn't know anything about politics at the time, so nothing really happened to me, but I remember there were some serious shouting matches about people that were not even against Obama or against uh, Democrats or liberalism and that kind of thing, but they, uh, they were just a little more moderate or a little less liberal, and it, it was just shouting matches. Yeah. And never, there was never a fist fight as far as I can remember, but there's a lot of shouting matches and some confrontation. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, you have things like Louder with Crowder you have a legitimate show that's professionally produced. Mm-hmm. And the, only, any, the, the people that can access that show is anybody with an internet connection, oh. which is the vast majority of people nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon 100% of our viewers have an internet connection. <laughs> Just a wild guess. Yeah. If you don't have an internet connection to listen to somehow, let me know, because I'd actually be really interested.
0: Yeah, I'd say uh, comment in some way if you're on SoundCloud. Yeah. Oh, also Like,
1: comment, subscribe.
0: Yes. Also, recently, I need to tell you guys in the middle of the show, we will be moving towards um, getting on bigger platforms YouTube. like uh, iTunes and YouTube. Uh, we're working towards that right now because SoundCloud does have a limit for the non-pro users. Um, and so, we're, we're going to leave these three episodes on SoundCloud so you guys can listen whenever you want. But this is sort of the At this point, you should be jumping off more to um, iTunes or YouTube to listen to us further if you want to. Exactly. Anyways, so that's out of the way now. Back to Steven Crowder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Generation Z uh, could maybe be, because I've seen a lot of – I've seen some conflicting data on this, but the one – I've seen a lot of conflicting data of whether they're more conservative, more libertarian, are they more religious, or are they just doing it for the memes? The one thing <laughs> that like really stands out is that younger people are less liberal today. Yeah. And it's pretty well documented uh, with very—people almost always get more conservative as they get older. Right Now, there could be a lot of reasons for that, and I don't know all of them, but— if it re if generation z really really is so much less liberal and even more of them will become more conservative as they grow up is Steven crowder gonna be the next rachel maddow <laughs> is that the future we're looking at <laughs> but is Steven is stephen crowder gonna be living in the hamptons
0: but but wait a minute because we've generally gotten this um pattern of getting more conservative as you grow older what if we're gonna see a flip even there what what if it that becomes be that people become more liberal, like they start out conservative, um, for some reason or another, we don't know. We're not Jordan Peterson, we can't like analyze we don't people know everything. Know why social things occur. But um if if we like take a look at what Gen Z is doing right now, what direction is this headed in? That's what we need to find out. And Steven Crowder is gonna be um definitely important He's gonna be a part of that. Yeah. An important part of the future of the internet, I'd say. Um and I think he's inspiring a lot of people like us to have more of a voice online. Uh and that's it whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> who knows? <Yeah. laughs> but we're here and you're listening, so <laughs> Yeah.
1: We're all we're on this roller coaster together.
0: Yeah. And you can't get off. <laughs> <laughs> so we're hitting um close to half an hour I was thinking maybe we could turn the tides here and I could talk a little bit about just some of the things that I don't like about Steven Crowder and I think are sort of there's plenty to talk about there yeah because we can you know we can talk all day about how great he is for conservatives but he also can have some damaging mentalities on certain things one of which that we both agreed on uh the way that he Well, it's something we already already talked about before. Using inflammatory language to get the crowd stirred up, what can happen is he becomes sort of an extremist in that the statements he makes... One of the good ones, I thought, was the... um, Let's see. On the abortion debates, he said, I am pro-life, change my mind. And that was it. And that was good. Because that's not saying something inflammatory. But when you have hate speech isn't real... Rape culture doesn't exist. Um, you know, we talk about specifically the rape culture one. You know, I think both of both you and me disagree with that uh, to some extent. You know, I definitely agree with him in the way that his definition. And he does this at the beginning um, of every debate. He'll say, well, not every single one, but he tries to. He'll say, let's agree on the definition of what we're arguing about first before we start arguing. So he'll say. You know, what do you think rape culture is? And then he'll give the, you know, what was supposed, supposed to be the factual definition of rape culture. So uh, I just looked it up a society or environment whose prevailing social attitudes have the effect of normalizing or trivializing sexual assault and abuse. So exactly. He was saying rape culture doesn't exist in America uh, because obviously it does exist in you know, other countries. Anyways, um, so a society or environment whose prevailing social attitudes, normalizing or trivializing sexual assault and abuse. And we have cases where things like that happen, but that is, is that a result of the society or is that a result of, you know, someone, I I don't know. It's It's, it's just more
1: of an individual thing.
0: Yeah, more, and, and we can go way in depth with that, but, you know, you can argue with people all about it, and, and they'll bring up things like, oh, what about all of these rapists who um, had lighter sentences? You know, um, gosh, I can't remember. what Was his name like Brock Turner? Who was I, that guy? I think I know who you're talking the, about. The he swimming? was the swimmer. Yeah. The yeah, swimmer. yeah, Brock Turner. And he, he got like... That piece of work. He got like... They threw peanuts at him, basically. Um, yeah. The <laughs> they wrist. gave him a slap on the wrist. And they were like, ah, you're, you're good. And so we have things like that going on, and, and you have to say to yourself, you know, does some sort of culture like this exist? And it's like, in those specific situations, you can 100% argue that, I would say, but does it exist overall Absolutely. in America? You know, I I don't go around, like, seeing society promoting these actions at all you know 100 the, percent the opposite i have from a very yeah. young age literally from when i popped out the womb i have known that you're not supposed to do things to people that they don't want you to do you know exactly and if only everyone understood that but anyways um, then maybe taxes would be, wouldn't be a thing oh here we go anyways so you know with steven crowder he brings up stuff like this um another one the hate speech is a real one that one was kind of hard to watch and you mentioned this too in the way that you know he was saying hate speech as a uh, legal ramification doesn't exist and i think we can right. all agree on that Which That there, is you know there should he is technically correct right there shouldn't be ways for us to limit speech we shouldn't be saying well You know that was hateful because then the definition can be extremely all over the place. Like you can just say, "Well, that was hate speech," so you know you're under arrest, and it becomes a um, more subjective than objective, and that just leads down a whole slippery slope. So
1: he cut. He kind of moved the goalposts a little bit between like between his argument and the thing that he said. He's like, "Well, hate speech is not real," so that would mean that the very to me, at least, what I'm getting from that is that Stephen Crowder does not believe that the concept of speech being hateful, whatever right. hateful may be able to be interpreted as, is just not real. Hate right. speech is just not real. But when he did that, he pivoted to towards like, well, hate speech isn't uh, clarified under the law. Hate right. speech, uh, I remember I saw something like the, the United States Supreme Court made a big deal about this. The United States Supreme Court said that hate speech wasn't a thing. It wasn't real, and you can't use it to try to strip away somebody's First Amendment rights. Now, personally, I do agree with Steven Crowder. I don't think hate speech is real. In that way, I was talking about as well. I -hmm. don't think hate speech is real as a concept. But I didn't like the way that he defined it, even though he agreed with me. Because he just—he defined hate speech as extrapolated under the law. Yeah. And there's a lot of things— that we can't really legally say are true but they are legitimate legitimately true things just because something is legal or isn't legal or is not clarified under the law doesn't mean it's moral immoral or true yeah exactly and he he kind of fell back on that i feel like he didn't have like a really good grasp on like the philosophy behind like speech and what it can do right so he fell back to his safe and it is a safe argument to make. It's like, well, we can have hate speech because if you have hate speech, then the government gets to decide what hate speech is. Right. And if the government can decide what hate speech is, the government can lock up people for saying things that they don't like. And that's a fast track to authoritarianism mm-hmm. and dictatorships. And he kind of fell back to that, but it wasn't really representative of, the, of what he instantiated himself as, that mm-hmm. the... The the concept of hate speech was just not real,
0: right? It's like saying that I I, I would say it's akin to saying that uh, emotions aren't real because they aren't defined by the law. Like you can't say that um, someone getting right. mad is real, you know. And we could argue yeah. this about a ton of things. Like what then? What is real and what isn't real? Like you can obviously say that someone. And where's Peterson? What we need him. <laughs> Jordan, what's real? <laughs> someone saying something you know hateful about a group of people a single person whatever that can be classified as hate speech obviously um so in that way it is real but it's sort of real inside of our heads and that sounds really dumb but things can 100 percent exist inside of our heads and not have to be on paper um yeah so it's it's yeah. it's a pretty bad a cliched
1: thing to think like you know it's all in your head and, of yeah. course, a lot of people respond that way about mental illness. You know, it's all in your head. And, you know, mental illness, I mean, yeah, it is in your head. That's the problem. <laughs>
0: that's, that's bad. Yeah. But like, you want to get it out of your head. That's, yeah,
1: that's <laughs> – when you have something like hate speech, hate can be so extremely subjective. Like, um, imagine for a second that, like, Chris calls me a spick because I'm Spanish. And, of course, that's a racial slur. Yeah. I'm not going to consider that hateful. Because Chris and I are friends, I know he doesn't actually think of me in any certain way because of my race. Right. I mean, he definitely does, but I choose to think that he doesn't. Uh, that's, that was a joke, obviously. But if Chris called me a spick, I wouldn't think two ways about it. But if someone else called me a spick, I would never, under any circumstances, uh, believe that the government should hurt them somehow, but right. I wouldn't take it well. You would hurt uh,
0: them. That's your job. You, okay,
1: well, <laughs> Relax. <laughs> It's, it was like a, a lot of people throw in the term, like, person of color, right? Yeah. I hate that term. It's just another way to call me colored. It's, and when you have that kind of thing, when it's kind of subjective like that, and Crowder was trying to bring hate speech into more of an objective, this is not real. Mm -hmm. But then he, you have the subjective idea of hate, and then the objective argument that hate is not real. Yeah. But he avoids both of those arguments and brings it back to the objective hate speech is not legally defined, which mm-hmm. is true, but it's moving the goalposts.
0: Yeah. So that's that's like, I, I'd say that's our biggest complaint with him because otherwise we're, you know, and he can be obviously extremely polarizing. Everyone should know that right off right. the bat. If you were a liberal, you know, that this is one thing that does bother me about the conservative media in general is that they use very generalized terms. They they just start off something and and this is what's wrong with liberals. And, you know, they they throw that kind of stuff yeah. out and it it. Ah, I I just don't want to hear you like make these grandiose statements about a whole group of people. I'd rather you just give us, and yeah, that's like he's a comedian, but still, it's like I'd rather hear uh, actual facts. Like you know the thing with Ted Cruz in the restaurant, how all the liberals were somewhat exactly. attacking him right. there and like trying to keep him from moving things like, i want to hear more stuff about that steven crowder i think a lot of times is more focused on
1: owning the libs than he is pushing forward good ideas and right. showing like conservative principles and values. that's
0: it and it's like it's that um aggression it's that like when we get stuff like this it's kind of like it's easy to see once you start noticing it you're like oh man you can't get me this time Um, Because I I see it like every single day, and it genuinely makes us hate each other. And Michael Knowles, actually, you were were talking about him, uh, or you mentioned his name. He's one person, I watched a debate recently um, that was at uh, Politicon in which they had about five people on stage and... Um, everyone was like, hey, yeah, we all need to get along. Like, we should all join hands and sing Kumbaya. Yeah. And then Michael Knowles was like, you know what? I love that there's this polarization between the two because he was saying that, like, back in the day, about 60 or 70 years ago, or I'd say more than that, um, probably 80 years ago, it was harder to determine the differences between the parties. And I can I can say this for maybe because we have Bill Clinton for example okay i'm getting a little, right. little bit off topic Bill Clinton and then right afterwards we have George Bush Bill Clinton one of the more conservative liberals i would say and then we have George Bush being one of the more liberal conservatives and you have this like this this sort of mesh and like people are sort of in the middle and it's like yeah where is everyone and then you just have this blatant like um candidates who are just like extremely liberal or extremely conservative and it's so easy just like to see the difference and to see them fighting each other it's very easy to align yourself with something in the modern you know state of the united states
1: exactly and crowder is a conservative, yep. and you know he's a conservative, yep. and he's very outspoken about it. Mm-hmm. And what is what is Crowder fighting against? He's fighting against liberals. He's fighting <laughs> not he's not fighting against liberals. He's fighting against the left. He's fighting against the leftists. And yeah. I think that a lot of that, I think a, a good portion of that, would have to do with his upbringing. You know, yeah. he was raised in the socialist hellhole of French Canada, <laughs> and I think that that changes a man. The yeah. French, it changes men into women. Okay. Being serious. I think that the French don't deserve human rights. Okay. Being being really serious this time, I think that Crowder, Crowder had that, like those conservative principles of liberty and freedom, capitalism and consent. And I think that when he saw like the abdication of those principles and the violation of stuff, like the principles of the free market that it really did kind of polarize him into thinking you know uh, a lot of uh, uh you know in canada it's gun gun restrictions are so much worse and uh, there would be a lot of uh, american gun control advocates who say uh we we don't want anything uh unnecessary we just want some common sense gun control and i think that crowder just kind of sees through that he's just like no i know what you really want Mm -hmm. i know what you're really after
0: just to just to wrap this all up we like steven crowder we think he's pretty cool uh he's a funny guy he Um, initially
1: turned me conservative
0: yeah he actually changed my mind uh on a few topics i won't go into too much detail about it but uh there were some things that he talked about that You know, once I started hearing it, I was like, you know what, this guy's right, and it's okay for me to think that. I was very wishy-washy for a a large period of my life, and I don't think that anyone should be wishy-washy. You need to make your decisions. You need to decide what you believe in right now. Crowder's definitely a very decisive person. Yes. And so, that's how we're going to end it. All right.
1: This was Why Was Steven Crowder Popular with Mountain Meditations? I'm Mm -hmm. Tristan. And I'm Chris. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye-bye.